Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode four of the RBMY UK podcast. We are back as the almighty trio for the first time in what seems like a, a while. Uh, I am joined by both Luke Hume and Return of the Mac, the Big Daddy, the guy himself, Mr. RBMY UK, Ronnie Piper. Good evening, both. Evening. Hello. Is it evening? At... 6.13. It's evening somewhere. Evening somewhere. Currently about one, one, half, Morning, one, afternoon, evening. Goodbye. Yeah, half, half, two in, half two in America. Right, half three. Yep. Right, half two, I think. Yeah. So it's late here anyway. Quite late anyway. Yeah. So. Well, I've, you know, I've, I've been back from work for about an hour and a half. I know. And I've not That's had work now, aren't we? I'm ready for bed. To be honest. How, how long's your how long's your commute? Me, fifteen minute walk. Okay. My I commute is my commute is walking down the stairs. Um mm, down to my outfits at the moment in my living room. So Let's let's go on with actual New New York purpose. I'm not talking about. Uh, I was going to say stop stop moaning about work, Luke. God. Oh no! Oh, never mind about work. You know that as well. Right. It it has been a bit of a mad few weeks, really, or, uh, when it comes to both RBMY and to MLS itself. I'm still, I think, recovering from my sleeping pattern from having to get back involved in the the late nights on the weekend and. Uh, and staying up with, with cans of Red Bull because, you know, I'm very much on brand, me. Um, <laughs> and, and to, until daft o'clock in the morning watching us not do particularly well, it's, it feels like I'm back in the place where I want to be. So it's very good. Um, this sort this week sort of started off, well, the last two weeks sort of started off with, uh, with a, bit of, a bit of transfer news, really. The, the week last week was quite quiet to begin with, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's quite quiet, and towards the end of the week, really bumped up. Uh, first of all, the news of Cincinnati midfielder Frankie and Meyer signing for uh, New York Red Bulls. This is this is a player that we've been tracking for for, for a period of time, uh, to the point that Cincinnati have uh, tried to have us done for tampering in inverted commas. So we uh, we've clearly we've clearly been chasing him for for quite a bit. But we've got our man. Um, he's a deep wide midfielder. Pass through the ball, but he can break down the break down the game as well. He's a player I'm really really excited about. Um, I mean, we can talk about his his debut as well, sort of in a little bit more in depth later on. But I think, how do we feel about the fact that we've got this this option in running? Oh no, this, I don't think anyone can not be excited. But we got a glimpse of him obviously on Sunday evening. But it's a player that. When we've watched MLS and watched his games prior to it, everyone's he stood out in a game, and you can tell he's got a real talent, and he's very, very adapted to the MLS level. And I can only see him being a benefit for the side that we was lacking in that department. And I know Luke's a big fan because he's mentioned about five hundred times in the last week. So I'll let him have the words. I think he might be his new fan club member over there. I don't know. Dax McCarty, the second. Is that what oh, it is? Dax McCarty will never be second. Like, <laughs> I think when, I be, when I'm in Victor and everyone's long forgotten who Dax McCarty is, unless he becomes the world famous manager, which I hope, oh, I imagine if he does that. But, but I, I, I was really excited. I think also we were kept 
Was also the news first, but it must be two weeks ago now. I was signing him, and it kept being delayed, and we had we weren't sure we were going to come the new contract we wanted. And obviously, I, ha- I have spoken about him a lot. I think, and it's funny because when we did our season preview, Scott, you mentioned him on one of our best players, and you think both the best players of last season were probably Gutman and that. Than him, oh, you got both of them. No equipment on loan, but both players, we've got them now, and you got we got we signed them up to a new three year contract. And which shows we've got we've got a proper um head of football now, not a Mickey Mouse one. I've actually managed to get him at a bit years rate. The new contract won't take forth next year, so we to a salary cap. We already get a hit or a bit of salary because so it's nice to know we've got someone who's actually good at their job now. Mentioning no names. No, I mean I think I think the fact that we're spending a million dollars as well. Oh, yeah. Um in terms of allocation money, I think putting across a million pounds for anybody shows real intent. Um and, and it's nice to see the club. I mean, the, the amount of transfers we've had in generally, but the, the fact that we're going out for big targets and paying big money, it's just not something that we've been sort of used to over the last four or five years. I think sort of since the the days of, of the, the sort of Henri's and, and Cahill's, we, we, it's nice to know that we're putting that money out there. Um, so I'm really, really pleased. This is obviously a first round draft pick a couple of years ago since, uh, this is a, you know, I mean, his future was very bright. Uh, he used to play with Cameron Harper under the new signing back uh, at college. And, and the fact that we've got two really, really exciting players like that on the side is, is something to look forward to. Um, following that, you know, we thought, oh, you know, new signing, we can we can, we can get to bed now. You know, nothing else is going to happen until June at least. And then uh, a couple of days later, we it was announced that Polish under-21 international striker Patrick Klamala has... Signed for New York Red Bulls. Yeah, it's around $3.5 million, I think, or £3.5 million. Pounds. I can't quite remember. No, I think I heard, I heard the fee was around $3.7 million. So about, was, I think it was, it was about $5 million. It could go out to $5 million in pounds. I think Celtic said that. I'm not sure. I saw it somewhere. So it's, it's a, it's a, anyway, it's a fair, it's a fair old transfer fee. For... Work, isn't it? No, absolutely. Um, and again, this was this was something what we had, got broke probably a week ago. We we weren't the first one. We had it on our website. So you can find that rbnyuk.com. We got all the stuff from there. Yeah, get that plug in. Um, we no, was that we news broke about a week ago where we were signing him. We obviously not had the best time at. Um, Celtic, you're not fitting. I know Bournemouth Celtic are not being that good this year anyway. So I think you've got to you forget about that and move on. And obviously, with MLS and Scottish Premiership, we play different kettle of fish. So, and to spend like a good chunk, multi million pounds, and he's on a DP contract. It's not going to be like, you're not going to be on like a grand. He's on a fair bit of money as well. Um, I don't think you can, you can. Anyone who does in this transfer window has been brilliant. I want to know what they're on because I don't think this transfer window got any better. And there's a serious outline catch it here. It's not 40 million like in Leipzig, or, but it's a fair amount of money for MLF team. 
No, no yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. Go, on, right. no, go on, Ronnie, go on. I was just going to say, just we could tell straight away by the um, some of the Celtic fans and some of our Scottish friends who uh, co- like actually like commentating everything on the MLS said he's a good good signing, and it was just one of them that sometimes a player is not a right fit for a team like Celtic who've got a bit more of a depth squad, so it's harder to break through. But obviously, like what every single football fan does in the world, as soon as you're going to sign someone, you go on YouTube and type in name compilation. Welcome to Red Bulls, and yeah, believe it or not, there was a thing, and it looks like a good, good player. And it'd be one of them that obviously we've got the attacking options in the squad already, but it's never going to hurt having competition. And competition normally strives for the success of other players as well. And I think he could actually work quite well with Fabio as well. Not like I'm saying anything about Brian White or, uh, but, like, but it's one of them that we are looking into. The European market, which is nice, and looking at players who are not 30 40, these are younger players who are hungry for it and want to prove a point. No, I mean, Kamala, I think we've got to give him a little bit of respect anyway, in terms of Celtic. I think if you look at that, he's been there a year and a half now. One of those years they didn't even complete the season due to COVID, and then the half a season you've got to allow him to integrate, you've got to allow him to get used to his new surroundings. You add that to the fact that. They've got, you know, the two strikers at, at Celtic are obviously Alton Edward, who for me is he's bound for a big European club, um, either in England or France or Spain in the in the next sort of twelve months. Uh, and Lee Griffiths, who, you know, again former Wolves favourite, when he he he's a he's a typical Scottish Premier League striker. He will score twenty goals a season, whether every single performance is off the bench. You're not going to make big risks. I think, especially if you look at the last season, they had a really, really poor campaign. Uh, you, you, when you're having a bad year, you're not going to go. Oh, let's go and try this twenty, twenty-something uh, year old striker who's not been informed yet. You're not going to give him that opportunity. So I think uh, we can we can sort of appreciate the fact that he hasn't been given that chance yet, and, and this is a really, really good opportunity. Celtic yeah. paid out five million pounds for him. I think he's already compared to play five million pound. There's something. There's certainly, certainly something there. Uh, I'm excited. Like you said, I think the, the thought of him and Fabio up top uh, is is something I think that we can look at to be really quite successful. Yeah. Uh, and and he's young enough to to be able to sell on, uh, which is obviously what we plan to do with every player. Sell him on, make a pretty penny. Salzburg, Leipzig, or, or whoever, whoever else. If he comes in and scores twenty goals this year. There's going to be uh, ears twitching over at the uh, European Red Bull clubs. Um, but yeah, I don't think he'll be. Like I don't think he'll be playing. You know, he's definitely going to be playing on our next game. No, he's not. He's not over yet. He's not got. He's not. He's waiting for. He's, the move is pending like P one visa and ATC. So I would say it's be a, a few weeks at least before we see him. He's not even trained with team yet, as far as I'm aware. So I would be very surprised. If it's if we see him perform like Matt the very very earliest, I would, I would be. Surprised. I've followed him on Instagram and he's doing a lot of training. Sort of, I think I, I think he, I don't know whether he's with other people over in Poland or something, but he, he's doing a lot of training sort of elsewhere at the minute. Okay, yeah. so he's probably waiting for he's probably waiting for his visa, so he'll be little yeah. it, but we can get started now anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, talking of transfers, there's been a little bit of news. Now, I didn't really know whether to 
comment on this because I thought it's it's been it sort of came and then it went, but I don't think it's necessarily dead yet. Um, there's been so many ins this year, and we've been excited about so many young and exciting players coming out. Uh, however, we've also had a couple of players leave. Uh, and the one that's been sort of mooted over the last sort of week or so is uh, a, a, an exit to potentially a Western Conference team, an unnamed Western Conference team, for uh, Austrian midfield striker um, Danny Royer. Uh, I mean, Danny's been one of our most successful players over the last sort of four years or so. Somebody that I, I think does an absolutely tremendous job when he comes on. He's been one of the better players over the past two games when he's appeared on the on the pitch, although perhaps should have scored in the last couple of minutes against the Galaxy the other day with a strike on the edge of the box. I mean, again, it's news, it's speculation. I'm not going to say this is happening. I'm not going to say it's not happening. I, for one, would be bitterly, bitterly disappointed to see Danny Royal leave this season. Uh, I think his career at Red Bull is coming to a, an end due to sort of the way that we're trying to do things. But I think this season, when we've got such a, a high turnover of players, such a young squad coming in, I think it would be a bit of an error. Ronnie, what do you think? No, yeah, definitely. I agree. It would be bitter because, don't get me wrong, it's lovely having all these new additions, but you need to have the experienced players there to teach the fundamentals of the club. There's even little things like settling into a new city. He was at that point as well, moving over from Europe into America. It's literally a whole new continent. And it's important to have them type of players. But also, like what we was touching on before in, in our private chat about the LA Galaxy game was when he come off the bench, you could see the leadership there. And you need leaders in a squad. And any successful team has multiple leaders. And it doesn't matter if he's coming off the bench or not, because some people have been moaning, sitting there, and just come on the pitch and just walk around for 25 minutes. But he got straight into the players, started firing up and actually gave an impact. But no, I, I would not... Like, obviously, we know that his time's not going to be here forever, but don't cut it short. I think try and give him this... I'll, I'll definitely give him this season because he can play in a multitude of positions as well, which I think is fundamental. And he can be the difference maker in certain games, but also these younger players coming through, he's going to be there to teach them the ropes as well. Yeah, Luke. Yeah, I think I, 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 I think we both you guys are right. It's no secret his time is coming to end at Red Bulls. That that's common sense now. He's he he. I don't know how old he must be in his thirties, nearly, or he's not yet. Thirty-one, I think. Yeah, he's in his thirties. The way Red Bull works, he's not going to be here any long. I, I, my personal opinion, I think he'll, I think he'll be there for a season, and then I shop him off. Um, at the end of the season. I mean, isn't his contract up this season? Quite possibly. I, mean, I, I, I just think they... Yes, yeah, it is, because one manager told me that. Okay, yeah, it is. If I remember correctly. So, so, yeah. so uh, it makes no sense to trade him, because if you're going to trade him, you're going to get rid of him, because he's got no contract in eight months' time. So I think it's more likely he'll be here this season, uh, but decline his option in December and he moved on I think he's staying in MLX good luck to him he did die but his time has come to an end time he moves on and it's, it's sad but he's not the he's a good player he's not a player he was in 2016 or 18 not, not that sort of player anymore no no I agree um, again Roy, Roy I, I just I like Roy I've got a lot of time for Danny Moore um, as, a, as a part of the squad. I think as well, when we've got 
uh, Clark, who obviously is is a very very exciting player out on that sort of wide left ten position. I think we don't necessarily have a, an immediate replacement for him other than Roy. Um, and I think you know if Clark's here until the end of the season, you don't want to burn out an eighteen year old. I think the idea to have somebody to rotate in is never going to be a bad bad option, really. So uh, no, I, I hope I hope we keep hold of Danny, but we shall obviously see um, some some sort of more positive transfer news. Sort of transfer news, not transfer news, is uh, that Tom Edwards is now officially training with the camp. He's over here. He's he's playing. Uh, there have been images of him. He, he's isolating. He's training on his own. But uh, or was last week. Um, but at least now he's with the boys. He's, he's sort of part of the the club and he's in the city. I think that's really really exciting. I think having another option at right back, especially after some questionable uh, decisions on Sunday night when he came to the right back position, I think it, it's it's going to be a really really good good option there. Uh, Luke, what do you think? Yeah, I think mean, we we both said Tom Edwards was both first first pick at right back. We had a uh, we picked our first eleven last podcast, I think. So it's good he's in the country, and he obviously is a really good player. He will start the game. It's now. I think Chicago maybe be be a bit too soon for him. I I, I wonder. Um, we'll see, but I would be very surprised if he's not in for the game after Chicago, especially after um, Sunday's performance at right back. We wish we would touch on the first, first half performance at right back. First half, second half. We'll touch on later. Touch on that later. Yes. We'll... Um, yes, but since we last spoke properly, MLS has kicked off. Woo! Uh, we, we, we are now heading toward game week three, uh, with Red Bulls currently sitting at the bottom of the uh, the Eastern Conference, which is fantastic to see. Uh, and nothing that we didn't expect to be completely. It's almost like that, like a league table for two games. It's like, oh, no. it's like compare. I don't have a lot of comparison here, but like it's like going to a shop and doing a full shop and picking up two items, only ten pounds. Making what a cheap shop it's turned out to be. Is it what, not? What What is this analogy? What is? This? <laughs> I've got no idea. I was, I was trying to think of something. I thought. But I think or something. <laughs> but oh, after two games, isn't this nothing? I still, I still, think, I still, think, I actually think I'm even more confident. Than I was. I actually think we're top eights now. So I'm still more confident than I was. Uh, I realize that very bold claim to make, but I... <laughs> putting put, put big pressure, big pressure on young heads there, Luke. Dear me. I know, but <laughs> when is he shocked? Oh, well, I've been expecting that on a lovely evening, Wednesday evening. I think I might have to sit back and have a drink after that one or maybe have someone go around with a breathalyzer for Luke. I think that's probably the more suggestive <laughs> yeah. thing. But, no, like touching on, like it's still the early season and you look over the Eastern and Western Conference, obviously there's still two teams to play their second game, but only one team's got six points. And I think that's a massive show in the league that obviously... LA Galaxy, who had to be the team of one both, but it just shows you that the left of the league at the moment is so early and you can't say nothing because only one team's managed to win two out of two. And I think, obviously, on another day, they might have even not even got the three points in their first game or even the second game if chances are taken. So 
it's obviously still very early days. And even though Luke's getting the bunting out, the champagne out, and he's really celebrating, I think it's going to be quite an interesting season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's Nashville, Nashville final game of the season could be champion, supporter shield champion. Hey. Right. Again, I, th- I think I think you need a bit of a sit down, kid. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't mean it. Yeah, I do think they did quite well. But I mean, at the start of the season, because that's not your aim. We see how much we're talking about. Anything can happen. We don't know what will happen. Like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, 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 I'm not serious. Like, no, we're serious now. Who we were picked, picked in 2015? We were one shield. So you just don't, you just don't know. So, no, we'll, yeah, I agree. we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, yeah, won't we're be saying about pre- yeah, but we're saying about predictions. Uh, the prediction league that we do run between the three of us and the guest, um, I think out of the three of us, only one person's got points so far. So, I'm just going to leave that one there, but we'll give them more. We'll update that at a later point, especially in our pre game show at the weekend. We'll run <laughs> over it. But just saying, I think we should stop the vote, stop the count, and uh, sort some sort of Stop the challenge. Yeah. It's a bit like Donald Trump there, Wally. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, well, no, no, MLS has kicked off. It's exciting. It's really, really good to have it back. I've watched so much football over the last two weekends and I can pretty much say that a very small amount of it has been European football because uh, I've been just so happy to have this wonderful league back. Um it's been you know, it's been great. It's been great to have it back. And again, I don't think there's there's too much need to comment on uh, standings or, or results at the early stage because obviously, you know, it's very early on in the season. But um, no, no, it's been it's been exciting. It's exciting. Have it back. Um, so we're, go on. It's good to have it back. Good to, good yeah, to have no, football on. And from all basically all three of us actually, I'm going to say two of us teams having pretty shit seasons in Europe this year. Probably. Yeah. Ronnie's probably doing the worst out of all of that, weirdly, and then above all that. Semi-final. Semi-final. Yeah, you're also 10th in the the Premier League. Uh, uh, At the end of the day, it's what you lift at the end of the season. And from a personal perspective, and I know there's probably some Tottenham fans out there going to listen, but they haven't won anything again, so oh well. If I ask them why not winning it, I haven't asked them either, but we're we're getting away from the point now. Um, It's good to have some back who can actually join us. That being said... New York have lost both games so far. <laughs> but we'll, we'll forget about that tidbit. So, solid start. Right, now, um, just to mention as well, I don't want to talk about it too much because we're not in it anymore and it upsets me. But obviously the Champions League oh, yeah. uh, started and, and has gone on. Um, we had five teams in the draw for the quarterfinals, which is really, really exciting. Um, three of the teams were playing Mexican sides, and then obviously Atlanta and Philadelphia were drawn against each other. Uh, last night's results saw Chris Armas' TFC Reds go and lose 3-1 at home to Cruz Azul. I mean, there's absolutely no shame in losing to Cruz Azul in this competition. Oh, no. but, um, I, I'm, I'm pretty certain that, that Mr Armas had, had something to do with it. Um, and then uh, the... the Philadelphia game was something else. I mean, I've watched highlights. Atlanta for the first half were quite dominant and played well. And, you know, I'm really enjoying watching their sort of rebirth on Dice so far. I've watched all of their Champions League games and I've watched some, I watched the uh, Orlando game. And I think it's really, really nice to see sort of how exciting they're looking. I don't like Atlanta. I don't want them to win. 
but it's just nice to see for the league. Uh, but then Philadelphia took two breaks uh, and, a, and a set piece and ended up winning the game 3-0. That, that tie's dead going into the second round, really. So, um, you know, it's exciting. It's exciting to see MLS teams doing well. Atlanta will go out. TFC, I think, at 3-1 will probably go out. But, um, we, you know, you know, there's still plenty of teams in the hat and hopefully this will be the year that, that we go, you know, as a, as a league, we go and win the competition. Um, yeah. How do you feel about the whole Champions League running with, with us not being in it? No, yeah, it's like it's like we were saying. Though, for the league, it's very big. It's also giving them the respect from like Central America, South America, but also Europe. Like once they realised that MLS teams were performing not just in America and beating some of the bigger sides from Mexico, for example, it only leads to credibility. And also, like the ramification of winning the Champions League, you get spots in the Club World Cup as well. It'd, lo- it'd be lovely to see a MLS side repre- like represented there. Shame, obviously, it's not us, but one team's going to have to be the front runners for everyone else in the future to look and say we can do it as well. I'll take Portland, personally. I love a bit of Portland and, and the idea of them going and, going and playing at a, a Barcelona or a whoever else in the chat, in the... Mm. Uh, in the the club World Cup would be fantastic, but yeah. I mean, uh, Luke, what do you think? I mean, I don't, I don't think MLS team will win it. I think, I think, I think, I don't think we'll win it. And I'm being honest, the selfish part of me would quite like that idea that Red Bulls could still be the first MLS team to win it. Um, all this we need to have a good year, a bit shit to get back in it. Uh, we're not, we're not in the league cup, but shit anyway. They changed the goalposts again, which is. Totally not an MLS thing to do at all. So, I don't know why, why we're doing that, but it's not in that rich case. We can't even win that against the Champions League. So, that's annoying. But we need to get back in it ASAP. Because um, I, I, want, I want a trip to some obscure American, American um, North American country to watch a match for about. Let's go, let's go to Costa Rica. Costa yeah. Rica sounds good. Thank you, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say, Shane Cancun don't have a football team. That sounds like a nice little trip. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you reckon we could get best first cards? First cards? Like first cards? Let's, let's, let's just uh, hopefully Rebels can get there within the couple of, couple of seasons first, and then we'll start looking at flights and everything. <laughs> we'll get there soon. That's how we're going to win the Sports Shield this year. All right, pipe, pipe down. I'm bored now. <laughs> yeah. Right. I tell you, say right. opti- if optimism could kill, my goodness, this kid is saying this kid's saying else tonight. I think we have to like maybe put it. We might have to go to bed a bit earlier in future or something, brother. I think he might have had a couple too many Coca Colas before uh, yeah. before he's come on. I think that's the problem. Oh, I'm making mood tonight. I'm making mood tonight. I've got a lot of things. Got a lot of things going up. Well, I'm in the mood. We're gonna do this. Fantastic. Right, we like to hear it. Right, okay. So we're gonna we're gonna have a brief sort of discussion now. Looking back at the uh, the first game of the season, the Sporting Kansas City game, we uh, Ronnie and I. No, that was that was Luke and I previewed this one. Sorry, I'm trying yeah. to get back in time. Luke and I previewed this one a couple of weeks ago uh, and went into a bit of detail. But it's nice to be able to have a chat looking back. Obviously, yeah. the game was played at Red Bull Arena. Uh, Red Bull's taking the lead with uh, Caden Clark with a wonderful, wonderful effort. Uh, a penalty put Sporting Kansas City level and then two minutes later a bit of a defensive slip caused SKC to go and take the lead 
they saw the game out as two one winners. But uh, there were again, especially in the first half, I thought there were there were plenty of positives to be taken. Oh yeah. Um, what did we think of the game? First of all, Luke. So I'm, I'm going to be quite honest. I saw the first fifteen minutes of his game. Then I went to bed because I was absolutely shattered. I went shopping that day. Now I get absolutely you went shattered. Shopping. Shopping. <laughs> shopping. Shopping free supplies for when we win the league. That's what he was doing. That's, he's not going to admit it now, but. He's going to put a picture soon online with bottles of champagne, red and white bunting around his ass already. I'm actually shopping. I was tired. So I watched the first 15 minutes. I saw the goal by Clayton Clark. Um, and then I just fell asleep. So I, I was like, no, kids. So I thought, I saw, but I agree. I think there was definitely promising signs. And like you could tell they weren't fully fit. Um, I, I, I think a draw would probably be a fair result. Again, it was a situation where if New York, if we took our chances, it could probably be a draw. But again, we, we didn't. So yeah, it was a, it was a typical home opener, I would say. No, I'd, I'd agree. Uh, Ronnie, what do you reckon? What did you think of the game? Yeah, yeah, we we touched on it briefly in our like Galaxy preview, but. There was positives and negatives, obviously, like any opening season. But we, the main thing we drew upon was this fitness levels and not having a proper pre-season, not playing full games as well in pre-season. Players coming in from Europe. It was all a bit of a mixed match that the first, I would even say, five to six games of the season is going to be like a pre-season. So you're going to see a bit of rotation and tired legs. So, yeah, like Caden Clark. Well, we could talk all day about Caden Clark and his wonder, wonder strikes and everything. But... Yeah, there was positives to take and it's just a learning experience, not just for the players, but also for the management as well. So not gonna not gonna get dwell on it that much. I was over it in about a day losing the game and just looking like what we was gonna do in the LA Gates game. You can see progressions as well. So I think that's the main thing that they're working on and hopefully they can see that as well. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, again, I think the two goals that we conceded were purely down to lack of match sharpness. Um, I think those goals don't, the, the penalty doesn't get conceded and the goal doesn't go in if we don't, if we played a full pre-season or if maybe we're on game week 10. I think they are early season, finding our feet, finding, finding where we are, goals to concede. Um, Clark's goal was an absolute beautiful. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, the new signing sort of showed up well, played well. I think Diara was a huge loss in the middle um, and that's nothing against Flo below, but I think Losing him to, to just fitness was was a big sort of change in our midfield. Uh, but I mean, I, overall, I was really really pleased. I think it's a good good start. We, there's there's plenty of positives to take from that game, and I think that's what we need to do at the moment. Um, I think if we were to all pick a man of the match and a game to forget of the match as such, I mean, I'll, I'll go first. I think my man of the match was Andrew Gutman, uh, who who sort of impressed defensively, first and foremost, which is something that we've struggled with at left-back. I think over the last year or, year or two without uh, Kamar, um, worked really well defensively and then burst forward really, really well. Um, and, and sort of game to forget, I think that was that was Kyle Duncan. Uh, for me, he was at fault for both the penalty and the clearly goal. But obviously, we were not going to wait too heavy on him. Um, Ronnie? Man of the match and, and sort of 
the opposite? Yeah, I think um, even though you went Gutman, I think he's my honourable mention. He played fantastic game. Like as again, second half it's so weird. I'll fill in, but I think for the strike alone, I think sometimes goals that can make you a man of match. And Caden Clark's finish was just a super, like superb effort, and not many players would a attempt it and pull it off and not hit the ball into the Hudson River, but. Also, he's just, for his age, he's so cool on his shoulders. Like, you can see his game places. And game for, to forget, I'd probably have to agree with Duncan. I, I'm a big fan of Duncan, but it's just getting him back into the motion of playing games. And I'm hoping, even though obviously we've got new players coming in, we might take his position, that he still gets the games. Because there's a good player in there. It's just still quite raw. And I think it just needs the gameplay to get up to that level. No, I agree. Luke, you're... Uh, you're... Best player and worse. So I, I pretty agree. I think my man of the match is Clayton Clark. Um, but I also agree with both of you. Because you only watch 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man of the 10 minutes. This one. No, 50, <laughs> minutes, 50 <laughs> minutes. 50. Oh, 15. Oh. Sorry. So 50 of it. <laughs> um, but I would agree with Charles Duncan. Mm. What I've seen, obviously, I didn't. I was asleep when they scored, but what I've seen since on highlights, um, I, I'm I, I'm not a big fan of Carl Duncan. Never have been. I don't particularly think. I think he's more of a two players, a two player and player for the first team. Personally, it's my opinion. But I'm ho- I'm happy to be proved wrong if he does it this season, but. Like if it's it shows how bad he was, try I'll try not to dig in too much, but when he got replaced by uh, a non right back who had a shocking first half performance, that shows how bad his game must have been. Um Right, Kyle, if you're listening, I'm really, really sorry. He's had too much to drink. He's a little bit high on life, and I don't think he's in the right state of mind at the minute. Uh, Kyle Duncan was called up to the UN's men's, US men's national team last year. Kyle Duncan is a very good player. Mm. I, will, I will not have a bad word said about Kyle Duncan. He just had a bad game. But uh, no, no, I think generally, I think we agree. We've got the same sort of ideas of, of, of players that played well. Honourable mentions go to Fabio as well. Obviously, Caden mm. Clark. Um, and I, I think that in that game, defensively, we didn't look terrible. Um, Coronel, I think, looked, looked quite smart in goal as well. So no, I think that was that was a sort of not the ideal way, but a decent way to kick off the season uh, before before Galaxy. Right, okay, so we are back. I don't really, you know, we've been gone for a few minutes just trying to sort a few technical issues out. Um, obviously, SKC was week one. Coming into week two, it was uh, our first and only Western Conference away trip of the season over to uh, Los Angeles to play the Galaxy. Um, we are very lucky today that in a, in a very, very short while, we are going to be joined by uh, a guest, uh, a UK LA Galaxy fan, uh, Chris Egan, uh, who we're very, very excited to talk to. But first, Luke, sort of a, a brief overview on a Red Bull New York level. Obviously, big change in formation, going from the, the, the Struber yeah. Diamond into a three at the back. Uh, wing backs, very, very different sort of formation. Uh, Coronel in goal, Long, Tarek and Nealis at centre-half, Gutman and the surprise addition of Flo below at right-back. Um, midfield of Davis, uh, 
Caceres and oh, who's the who played in bloody midfield? I've missed one. There's somebody that's gone out of my head, right? Um, and then um, Clark, Fabio up top, and Brian White sort of out out on the right hand side, yeah. sort of putting in. Um, what what did we think, mate? Well, I'm gonna say this now. The through the back should never, ever, 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 ever be played again. I don't care, whatever. Never played again. Short Sheen, um, Sean Neilitz did not have a good game. Did not have a great game. Sean Davids. The match was about Sean's because Sean Davids didn't have a good game either. I think he had quite a poor game. And um, it doesn't help. Never, not very easy to win a game because he three goals. Like scoring wise, we scored two goals quite. Uh, we attacked quite well. We just couldn't defend. Um, and it's typical Chicharito. I don't think I haven't said his name right. I'm horrible pronunciation. So he was, he was not very good last season. And he's got he's on five this season at the moment, which is just typical. That's that's really isn't it? Standard. No, I mean I think to be fair, I think the, the, the sort of original team sheet was something that we all looked at in a in a bit of confusion. Um, we've obviously got two recognised right backs who are fit, and then one who is obviously still waiting for uh, for clearance and that. But um. I think that Duncan, yes, he had a poor game against Sporting Kansas City, but to, to drop him for Valo at right back was just an, a huge, huge error. I think all of all of Galaxy's play in the first sort of ten minutes came down our right hand side. Um, Flo being the sort of biggest issue, and, and Sean Neal is con- continually found himself sort of grounded. Um, I think our attacking play was very exciting. I think there was a lot to sort of be said again for Andrea Gutman, for Caden Clark. For, uh, for Fabio, Brian White, I think, had a pretty decent game as well. But I think overall, I mean, you know, I don't want to go too much into it before uh, Chris comes in. But um, I think you know, I was pleased with lots of things and very unhappy with others. At half-time, Struber noticed, you know, I think we messaged in, in the group and we said, right, nearly off, Velo off. Um, and, and, and it happened at half-time and we came out looking, looking a lot better. Uh, but obviously, that's a very sort of short view on the, the New York Red Bull side of things. We are very, 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 very pleased and very delighted to announce that uh, we are joined by Chris Egan. Good evening, Chris. Hello. Thank you for having me. How are we doing? How's your day been? Yeah, real good. Real good so far. Um, still buzzing from the recent win that we just had. You know, not not to brag, but... You know, like with the past couple of years, we've struggled to get some results. So it was nice to actually get uh, two wins on the bounce. That's quite unheard of in the past couple of years. It must feel very nice having those six points in the bank. Yeah, yeah, unexpected as well. Is this is this turn of a galaxy back? Or are we getting you know, ahead of ourselves? Yeah, do you know what it's? Um, I think what you asked me for my predictions before, you know, before the game, I said 2-0. I thought I saw enough from the first match to think, oh, yeah, we've got a little bit of a strut back from the seasons gone by. Like, when I first started watching the Galaxy, it was like 10 years ago, obviously, I was part of, like, the Beckham era. And there was probably only one season where we looked proper dodgy. And after that, there was this domination for about four, four years. And then we just, ever since Bruce Arena's left, we just made mistake after mistake and um, 
But this year, it just feels a little bit different with Craig Vanney coming in and and we, we know what he's done with Toronto and we know what how how he plays and his great football that he has and, and actually he's brought in some pieces that we've that we've missed quite a bit. But the key question was was can we get Chicorito to score? And it's, that is the biggest one. And he had some issues last season with personal issues and he was definitely overweight. And this year had a really good preseason and looks like he's got everything sorted. And the past two games, we have just seen, you know, that DP that we wanted from him. And um, it's, yeah, I feel like we've got a bit of our, we've got a little bit of our swag back. Um, but the mind, I'm just thinking, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself because a lot of these guys that are performing are in their 30s and it's game two and we've got X amount of games to go. Can they consistently do it throughout? Google, time will tell. But however, right now, yeah, I'm pleased. Um, I think but also it's I think it's very optimistic to think the Galaxy will get back to that super level. You think I would I would say as a I, someone probably five, six years ago, probably a bit more than that, like ten years ago, unknown to MLS, like LA Galaxy was like the Galacticos of MLS, they were the ultimate team. And or even though now you look even though it's impressive, most of their stat for one there was about twelve or fifteen teams in the league. They've not got the amount of teams now. We're on 27 now. We're on, I've, yeah, lost, yeah. I've lost, I've lost time now. There. So many new ones yeah. come in. But yeah. I mean, like DC, we don't, we don't like DC very much. But they're going about how many minutes cut they won. When I when I won most of them, we were 10 teams in the league. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think, yeah. I think also, yeah. like, it's a bit like Arsenal, going about how they were 49 games unbeaten in 2004. I want to look back into. The good times, I think you've got also got to accept sometimes league and move forward. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think mean, that's an issue. Because... A lot of guys, the fans don't I think that's the issue. I don't know if I'm being, oh. I don't know if I'm wrong, I, I apologize, but that's just feeling I get sometimes. No, and do you know what? You're spot on because we had those four years of domination no we were just we were just always in and around the top for those four years and it felt like Keane Donovan Beckham Omar Gonzalez AJ De La Garza the, the names can reel off of how decent these players were but when that era finished we then decided to get in Kurt Marufo from the second team who had a he was blessed with some great uh, reserve players we brought them up and it didn't work out. And albeit Kurt Marufo wasn't actually the man to steer the ship forward. Since then, we've also gone from manager to manager. And it's not like the... So AGM, who actually, you know, uh, funds the Galaxy, they, they were still giving us the money to go out and get in big players. Obviously, we've got Zoltan and stuff like that. The issue was, and you're absolutely right, was the league moved on from these European players. So obviously, you know, Beckham was at, Twilight, so it was key, and now everyone's moved over to getting more North American, South American players, and we've got to the party late. Obviously, we tried it with Pavon; he was a fantastic acquisition. However, he's gone back to Boca, and we've literally now are catching up to the party. And so we yeah. didn't evolve; we just we literally stagnated bottom of a uh, bottom of the league. It was absolutely horrendous. Um, but what we see now with Greg Vanny is that he's brought in a lot of guys that have 
done it in MLS and looks like we're bringing in some trustworthy pieces now. So the future is looking a little bit more bright. I think Greg is a perfect, perfect guy for us. Um, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see what we're going to yeah, do this season. I don't think it could be, I think, I'd say I'm completely neutral, but I don't think it could be a worse decline really in MLS. We look between, look at MLS and Galaxy. You think, yeah. the late 90s, they were the, they, they were, they might not have won any cup, but they were always in that running. The early 2000s, no, early 10s under Arena and yeah. Beckham always there. And you look for the last couple of years, you won, you won the Wooden Spoon twice. So it's, it's yeah, a trophy. It's a trophy. But it's not a trophy. Do you really want that, though? Don't you really want that trophy? I mean, you look, at, you look at it, it's not a worthy kind of. Before we get on to talk about the match now. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, like, like looking looking at the game, obviously on Sunday, what was it that you saw um, that Greg Vanny had, had sort of changed that maybe we didn't see this time last year? He he's just got the the structure the structure right. Whereas last year we didn't have that. I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the defence right now because we've had issues with our defence for the past couple of years, um, and it's still quite still quite obvious that we've got defensive issues and we've already given up four goals in two games but do you know what Greg Vanny's teams are not built for defence if you look at his stats with Toronto they're, they're built for scoring goals and so we see already what we're doing with this attacking He, I know he wants to get that back line right but I don't see it right now but there is a definite a better balance between the back to the middle to the top um, the key one was was getting supply to Chikorito that we didn't have before because Hernandez hasn't had that and bringing in Victor Vasquez who has surprised me already I mean 34 but you can already tell his class especially from the second goal that that he's a very tidy player it was a gorgeous pass I don't don't think any of us saw it but you know Hernandez done great brought it down he did a fantastic finish I still um, there's still some bits to go I mean I try not to get ahead of myself into Miami still a new team and when I looked at the the Red Bulls lineup, I didn't watch I didn't watch much MLS last year because just of the no fans piece and the Galaxy were all. I don't but think anybody did really. We, we I don't think anybody did, did they? You know, MLS without fans, it, you, it's a it's a pretty hard product to watch. Um, but when I saw the Red Bulls lineup, I was like, this Red Bull team looks young. It doesn't look like the Red Bull teams of what I used to, or what I'm used to. And so I thought, well. You, you can get out of these young guys. There's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a big spine down the middle with the Galaxy where you've got a lot of experience there. And so I think, yeah, Greg Vanny's done a great job about getting, putting right people in the right place. And also he's, he's actually given people opportunities in other areas. Like Zubak was our second striker last year. I think he probably scored about two goals. He was actually playing on the wing this time. And so he's given these people opportunities. So yeah. Greg, I think he's just got a clear idea about what he wants and how he wants to go out and play. And these guys are trying to are trying to emulate that on the pitch. No, I mean I I was impressed with with a lot of what I saw, um, and I don't think I've I've felt that about a Galaxy team in quite a while. So uh, no, I definitely definitely agree. Uh, going back to your comment on the Red Bull side, um, what which sort of which of our pieces do you think stood out? I mean, you know, obviously I'm not quite sure how. Comfortably well with names and, and that, but uh, which Red Bull players do you make made 
my galaxy would sort of tremble. Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to start from like like number three to one. The, the third one was Fabio. Um, didn't know much about him, but I heard he's six foot four, both footed. Um, well, they got a turnover, I think, in the first half, and he, he I think he flicked it up, he striked in, yeah. and Bond done a great save. He looks like a guy that's going to be hopefully a useful asset for you guys. And they, I was surprised that they pulled him off as well in the second half. Um, but he looked very interesting. The other one was um, uh, Goodman on the wing. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was a real, real, uh, real piece. He had great energy and he was up and down. Obviously scored a great goal as well. Um, but the biggest standout was Clark. I had to, I had to Wikipedia him and see he was a 17-year-old kid for the Red Bulls. And I was like, gosh, he looks like an, a great talent already. Um, 17. And you could already tell that he's got maturity above his age. And, um, yeah, I don't think you guys will have him that long, personally. I think the rumour is, uh, I don't know if it's been confirmed, but apparently he's already, he's already contracted to go to Leipzig in January. Oh, um, I think it's I think it's a very very employed rumor if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I, think I, think, I think we can all read around the lines there, and it's it's gonna yeah. happen. It's gonna happen. I mean, I he's gonna join Jesse from Marsh. A, in, from a Red Bull point of view, I think I think the fact that a lot of clubs, especially sort of MLS sides, you know, you you get like generational talents that come through that that go and play a year and then move on. Uh, and and you know that won't happen again in another sort of five six seven year cycle. I mean, I think if you look at us in the last three years, the fact that we've sort of gone, you look at obviously Caden Clark at the minute, but then you look at Tyler Adams. Uh, what we're doing down in our twos and in our academy is absolutely wonderful. And and I know I know you yeah. highlighted on the side being young, uh, and no, it's not all academy prospects, but I just think it's the it's the sort of ideology we're going for now to try and get these players in, uh, get them playing a good year or two and then getting them shipped off elsewhere. That That is yeah. the aim of it, you know. We're, we're never going to be the uh, Red, Red Bull's number one child anymore, you know. We're, we're the sort of, we're the third child that sort of gets the scraps for a couple of years and then then gets their things yeah. taken off them. Um, but what we're seeing, I think, is encouraging. Um, yeah. I think the, the, the more experienced players, if I if I'm honest, the players that showed us up on Sunday, um, Flo below. I don't think it was, I mean, he's been played out of position, but I don't think he had a good game. Then you look over at um, Aaron Long, who for me is my, you know, he's my favourite Red Bulls player. I love everything about Aaron Long. He does not work in the centre of a three. He's a right-sided yeah. centre-back that needs a channel to pass to. He does not work in the centre. Uh, Amro Tarek and Sean, Sean Davis, I don't think these sort of shrouded themselves in much much glory on Sunday. Yeah. Whilst you look at the Clarks, the Fabios, uh, the Gutmans, the sort of younger boys that really came out and uh, and impressed. Um I mean obviously the game's finished now, you know, you you've come away with the points and you should be should be delighted. So what what's you hoping for over the next few weeks? Yeah, it's probably to to carry on. Well I mean we've got um LAFC in a couple of games time and I think it's building up to that game against them you know uh, they've they've whipped us a couple of times now um, but albeit this year when I've watched them they're not the LAFC that we know of before so um, 
I we're building up to that point of okay, if it all comes into play, let's see when we get. I think LAFC is about two games time, maybe getting up to that point, see where we are then. Um, but we just need to keep. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs in this team. You can already tell, like how we gave up those goals so easy, um, especially the free kick, which I know Red Bulls are renowned for great free kicks and stuff and set pieces. I couldn't believe it. I was like, you can already see some of these issues. Um, but yeah, it's probably to keep building on that because the team looks great. But again, like I said, they're around their 30s, these guys. Yeah, are they going to keep doing it throughout the season? a big question. So yeah, it's to keep improving, keep building on what we've got right now. If if you were to if you were to pick one player on the Red Bull team to come over and play for Galaxy, and and I don't, you know, I mean, some of us might go, oh, that's a clear and obvious choice, but I think you've got to think of positional sense where you might need somebody to come and fit in. Which Red Bulls player would you take tomorrow if you could? Uh, you know what? Like, okay, so. Uh heart over my head so if my heart I'd take Clark just because he's 17 he's exciting um, but if I'm going to do it then I'd probably take Aaron Long just because our defence needs someone that's done MLS for X amount of years and I think we our, our defence hasn't been right for years it's been quite embarrassing actually our defence we give up goals for fun some, when we go to some stadiums I cringe to go oh Christ how many are we going to ship in um, maybe someone like Aaron, Aaron Long that's done it would have been great I'd probably take him the defence. Not an exciting piece, but an obvious piece. Absolutely. What do you think, Luke? Yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll be, it's a question from by the in podcast. Every every transfer winter we have, will he be here, will he be in Europe? And every yeah, seat, yeah. every transfer winter, he, he hangs on and it's getting to, he, he needs, I think, he's, I think he's 30 now. He's nearly 30. So he's times running out to go to Europe. So, yeah. If, yeah. he does, if he doesn't go to the summer, he's going to be in MLS for life. So, yeah. It's, we've got a few. Quite... I don't know. It's, um... Sorry, it's, it's quite surprising, actually, that he's 30. He doesn't feel he doesn't no. feel like he's been around all that long. I know he has been, but it doesn't feel like. I can't believe he's 30. He's he like came into the side, though. He came into the side at about. No, oh, I think well, he's 28. Um, no. Apologies, 28. So if he's gonna go, he's gonna to have to go soon to Europe. Okay, soon, yeah. Europe. Yeah, he, he, don't he get was no a player. He was at, I think he was at Seattle. He was at um, Seattle, and, yeah. and it didn't work at Seattle. Work, no. uh, ended up sort of going around, and then came over to our our twos. And obviously, yeah. our twos ah. are so closely connected to our first team. Uh, and I think it was about, uh, you know, he was about twenty four. Uh, we came up, we offered him an opportunity, uh, and then in two thousand eighteen, he came from absolutely nowhere sort of oh. the year before, to, to get MLS Defender of the Year. Um, he's, his growth is, for me, oh. so Red Bull. It's so what we do. It's so sort of part of our identity. But, uh, uh, I'm going to go a bit of a rant now, kind of. Oh, what annoys me? I know you, see, you guys have seen it, but when every transfer window, West Ham bid, what, two million for him? And we go, people go, oh, Red Bull have ruined his career. Why are we not selling him? <laughs> As if you should, as if they should accept being nowhere near relation. Because a, he's contacted the club, and the club, if it offers not work for the club, they should definitely reject them. It's not the club's, it's not the club's job to produce these American players to go to Europe. And B, 
if it weren't for the Red Bulls, he wouldn't be playing professional football right now. He'd be in doing another job. Because when you, when you New York took him up, he's playing in USL. Um, yeah. And he wouldn't go in nowhere near Europe. Um, yeah. But again, that's just typical, typical Amalets. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they always, the European clubs tend to pillage for MLS but, and always give these low ball offers of 2.5 yeah. million. You know what I mean? And it's like, yes, his value does not match 2.5 million. No. You know, it, they, they always do it. They always, because they always devalue the product that MLS has. And actually, it's a growing product. Hence why they're like, they're going to the South America, North America, going, because these guys think actually getting onto the MLS stage, uh, We'll get them into Europe, but also we can price. Uh, the Galaxy have been trying to battle Pavon, but getting him back. Boca Juniors want 20 million for him, whereas actually the Galaxy now are negotiating like six to 10 million because they know that actually we could probably sell him for 15 to 20 million to Europe. But if we give Boca Juniors 20 million, there's not, you're not, Emily, no. Galaxy ain't going to sell him any more than 20 million, no way. So you, they're, they're looking. They're being a bit more smart about their, their transfers now and actually being a bit more bullish to say, actually, we're not going to be pushed around anymore regards to these ridiculous uh, transfer fees that you're thinking that we're going to accept. 2.5 million is like ridiculous. We, we were actually talking about that earlier in the podcast because we've got um, Kevin Farewell of um, Wolves, which is also actually has got um, European team, weirdly enough, like when two worlds collide. Oh, I, am, I, am, I am from Wolverhampton. I, I'm a... I've been a season to go all the years, and then that was a very strange sort of merging of two worlds, which I appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> and he's now he now has a sport. So he basically, so Dennis Dennis Hamlet became a um, sporting director, whatever called in was it twenty seven twenty seventeen uh, for Jesse Marks. He basically pushed Ali Curtis out. Um, wasn't officially no. not officially, but he basically got he basically got him sacked. It was a power struggle, and he won. And it worked yeah. when Jesse March was out of the club. It worked because Dennis, Dennis Hamlet was just there as a figure because Je- whatever Jesse did, he ruled the roost. And then what went, but when he left, I did not wasn't all Dennis's fault, but Chris Armitz, who we made up in clear on what we think about him as a coach from this podcast. And Dennis were not good together. Obviously, we had all this cuckoo debate. Um, he, luckily, he did do it all, but you could tell we a proper head of sport now because obviously we yeah. signed um, Frank Kiermaier from Cincinnati, which is an amazing capture. But I've actually managed to get him, signed him to a new three year contract, but it won't take charge from next year. So we're still paying. The cap impact is only this year's salary from the existing contract. Like, I know, I know for a fact, if it, if, if it was done, and Dennis Hamlet, that would not have happened because I don't think Dennis Hamlet knew MLX rules at all. Am I being unfair, Scott? No, no, I don't think so. I think the uh, the way that the club's being run this year, I mean, we, we are not used to exciting transfer windows here. I, I am I am a pained Wolves and New York Red Bull fan who spend every single transfer window in great hope and then end up being very, very upset when we end up putting a shoestring squad together and playing some uh, 15-year-old who's never never played a minute of pro football. But um, I think what we're doing now, the club's been running a really, really good way. Uh, and I think those sort of, those talent, you know, Fabio, Fabio we brought in on a two-month loan. He's in until June. He's got two months. We've got to buy clause on him I think it's about £200,000 
we, we've got him for two months. It's basically show, show your shit, you know, show us that you can go and do it and then we'll pay the money out. He's a player that from two performances, I think we could go and then make three, four, five million pound off if he continues to play the way he's played. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It, it looks like it's going the right way in that sense. Yeah. Um, well, right now, uh, just 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 a bit about you now, really. Um, obviously, us UK MLS fans, we like to sort of get together and become mates and and learn more about one another. Um, but as you know, I'm I'm from Wolverhampton, and, and that's my sort of background. I got into to Red Bulls through football manager from enough, and you know we we've discussed that in the past, but. Uh, how about yourself? How, how did you get into not only MLS but for LA Galaxy in particular? No oh, man, so like I had um probably no surprise. I think I'd, I'd be wondering who doesn't have a man crush on like David Beckham, but when he I was following him through Real Madrid, and obviously when he left Real Madrid, he went to the Galaxy, and so I followed him there, albeit probably the first season. I didn't watch too much of it because I was like, you know, Sky Sports barely covered the game or anything like that. But as the as the momentum builds, the, there was more uh, more games being shown, so I was watching more and more of it. And then I, then it just carried, carried on growing from there. So instead of just watching the Galaxy, I moved on to you know the Red Bulls because I love Thierry Henry that was there, and they have a uh, Mark uh, Rafael Marquez was like brilliant, and obviously DPs back then were very limited. And then I just started watching most of the games, and then Portland came in Toronto Whitecaps, and I love everyone's got a different theme and all that to their stadiums. And so my love since then has grown. I've probably been watching it 10 years strong now. Probably my only time it's wavered was probably last year, just because it just, this was horrendous for the galaxy and just no, no fans. It's just, uh, it's just not, it, it ain't pleasing. What's, on I mean, what's some, what sometimes better than that was we have a tournament at Walt Disney World. Now, what's Sam yeah. Demolette's bet last year? We had a Mickey Mouse cap at the home yeah. of Mickey Mouse. Nothing could yeah, Sam yeah. the 2020 MLS season up quite like that competition. 100%. And we were horrendous in that as well. I watched, oh, what, two so, games so of it and we got knocked out. And I was like, nah, no more. And that pretty much snowballed into the rest of the season. I was like, I can't watch. I can't watch most of this. Um, but yeah, ever since then, I, I try my best to go to the games. I think I went to a game. Uh, Robbie Keane had a testimonial in Ireland where the Galaxy went over. So I went there and watched Shamrock Rovers versus the Galaxy. And I've been and I've been fortunate enough to go to LA and watch the, what is it, the British invasion, uh, Lampard and Gerrard, albeit Lampard yeah. never played. And then, um, and then I went to San Francisco. And it was just pure, pure coincidence. LA Galaxy were taken on San Francisco. So I watched that game, but LA never win at San Fran, so we lost that match. And then I was fortunate. I always, if I go on holiday, I try and see if I can get a game in and around. So when I went to Seattle, it was Seattle versus LA Galaxy. And that was back when we were leaking goals for fun and we lost that game as well. But albeit great experiences. I think I was fortunate enough to go to Portland and I watched a game in Portland as well. And that was, that was unbelievable. You ever as well. been to Red Bull Arena? No, do you know what? when I went to New York, um, it was my my first first ever time I went abroad. Like um, I went with my other half. It's the first time I ever went abroad with her, and I, and I was like, "Where is this stadium?" Oh, and God. when I found out, it was in Jersey, and I was like, 
how the hell do I get the jersey from here? And Trust it's all me, a little bit too far. Trust me, it's not easy. I, I know that yeah. from experience. It's a, oh, it's an art take yeah. a journey. Um, I, I go, I go, go. I went there 2019 for the DC game. I picked the worst game I could possibly chose. It was dreadful. It was really? an awful, awful, awful game. A hard watch. I did, oh, it's just so, so bad. It was just... Yeah. It, you know, it just sums up our 2019 season, really. <laughs> and it was a nice experience, but it is an effort to get to. And you, you might not know this, but I got a, bit, I got a super love for Dustin Carty. Oh, nice. Oh, I love oh, Dustin I love Dustin McCarthy. Mate, mate, we've got we've got five minutes for going I know. on. Oh, I'm I'm not not, I love Dustin yeah, McCarthy so much. And I penciled in. Obviously, it is dependent on COVID and all that sort of stuff. But I penciled in for the final game at Nashville to go. I want to. Go, I want right. to see Dustin McCarthy play. But obviously, we don't know what we don't know what the world will be in in November. We can't we can't plan that far ahead at a moment with the world yeah. at the current state, but. Hopefully one day we can be back over in America. One day, well, when boys decide to come. If you, if you can do it, hey, that, that's a, I mean, my aim is to try and get down to Miami to watch into Miami and then maybe get up to Atlanta because I need to go to see the Mercedes-Benz. I mean, that stadium looks phenomenal. Um, yeah. Albeit, I don't think they can pack it out anymore. Their, their first two seasons when they had Marquez, and Almiron yeah. and they were playing like champagne football. They they packed that stadium out. But I think, I think I also think they're I doing think, it right now. I think another reason I think that's typical of MLS. Like you look at teams like our Blue Neighbours, NYCFC, that Bianchi Stadium, the first couple of seasons they were packing it out. And now when, when yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they when they can play there, it's not very often to like to share our stadium, which is actually in New Jersey. Despite them keep going about how they team to play in New York, we won't get into that. Um, yeah, I don't, know. I don't, I don't put that anymore. I think it's, it's, I think it's just uh, MLS when they first come in to the league, people want to go down there. But at, at the end of the day, the sad reality is you can never compete with European football in America. Much just the sad reality yeah. of it. And no, so no, exactly. And, and like you know, like the the play on the field is is sometimes can be a hard watch, can't it? So like it, the product don't sometimes look great on TV, but I, I love the atmosphere as well. So if it's a packed crowd anywhere, the atmosphere is great. You know, um, the one in Minnesota, like their atmosphere and their new stadium is phenomenal. Orlando as well, so they do great. But my question is, you guys, like, you know where the stadium's situated in Jersey now? If they had a time machine, do you think they would put that stadium there? Yes. You still think they would, they would purely, have the Rebel Arena there? For, purely for... I mean, look at NYC. They, they, yeah. they're, they're not going to get a stadium for another five, six years. Oh, and um, it's just not... It's yeah. not, it's not possible to, to get a stadium in New York. It's not, it's not yeah. viable uh, and it's difficult. Now, I'm, I'd rather us be sat out the way in Harrison uh, and, and be quite happy there than have to faff about waiting for a stadium to be playing in uh, fo- football stadiums for, for the next I think couple that, of years. I don't fancy that. I think, the, I think the problem is development around the stadium has not gone as quickly as the Red Bull thought it would. I think that, that yeah, the yeah. development of this area was meant to be pushed down by now. 
that's the main problem because it when all this development was meant to be done, all these new flats. But it was basically meant to be like a new brand new like village and it was gonna have all yeah. these transport links. But obviously because the development area is so far behind still, the links aren't great and it's it is a distance out. But like like Scott said, New York City would never ever build in a city. They can go on about it as much as they want. But when yeah. teams like the Jets and the um, Giants of Giants can't build in the city, what a chance the MLS got? If NFL can't build in the city, MLS have got yeah. no chance. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's actually, right. Um, no. I've got no, sorry, no, just, left. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're running short. Um, thank you so much for, for joining us today. We really, really do appreciate it. Uh, where no can problem. people find you on Twitter? Um, so, Egan88 underscore UK. Find me there. Yeah, we'll put Fantastic. it in the link as well. Uh, we look forward to catching up and uh, having a chat when, when uh, we meet you in the MLS Cup final. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's always hope. Oh, absolutely right uh, thank you again cheers Luke um, right, and next up obviously on Saturday is Chicago uh, we're looking forward to that one there'll be a match preview out at some point yeah. before then uh, but until then we will catch you yeah. when we do check us out as usual on Twitter on the Facebook on the website on the podcast we're all over the place have a listen and get involved right from me Scott from Luke from Ronnie and from Chris we'll see you later Bye, all. Bye,